What is up, guys? Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Hello JW podcast. Coming back with another guest episode today. Uh, the last guest episode I said was very special, but I feel like I'm just going to keep saying that every guest episode is very special because today's guest is is also a very special guest who is also another Invictus attendee, the same the same Invictus as as Taylor. And to say that this guy. Uh, holds a very special place in my life would be an understatement. So I'm going to throw it over to him to introduce himself. Welcome. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me on, Jacob. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Um, yeah, so I'm young. Uh, you know, 40, 40 next week. So Holy shit. Yeah, big four zero. Um, so at the moment, I'm working as a full-time Sparky up in the mines, week on, week off. And... Yeah, I have two kids, 15 and 6, yep. both exciting ages. Yeah, <laughs> I could imagine <laughs> such different ends of like the spectrum. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> Six-year-old's all about fun and the 15-year-old's just evolving into a young lady and finding a way through the world, Yeah, navigating a way through life. So that's always interesting. Yep. Yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, beautiful. How long have you been working in the mines for now? Uh, this time around nearly three years. I did three years, about you know, 2009, I did three years as well, same place. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's been, it's a good job for what a, for a job. Yeah. yeah. It's got a good roster, week on, week off. Yeah. The clothes are kids when I'm home, so get a yeah. bit of freedom doing that. Oh yeah. And some good money and stuff, so yeah. And what did you do, where were you before the mines? Uh, I worked for myself for about That's right. six years, I reckon. Yeah. yeah doing that, it gave me the... Working for myself gave me the freedom again with the kids, being a single dad or pick school pickups and stuff and yep. all that. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. And where's your where's your young fella go to school again? He's in Wardour from Mount Barker. Yeah. yeah. Awesome school. Yeah. yeah. I, like, I remember asking you so many questions. I'm like, yeah, probably where I'm gonna send Luna. Oh, it's such, <laughs> a, it's such a good school. I remember the first time I went there for a school tour with a daughter and I walked in and I just went, Whoa, I wish I went here for school. Yeah. Like it was just just a feeling in there, like you walk yeah. in and go, it's just way more relaxed and nature-based and play-based and yeah, more that. about the child yeah. and how they, it teaches them to want to learn instead of um, forcing information down their throat and mm. they just hate it in, in, in the end. So you see the year 12s at the end of the school year and they're just like these articulate, well-educated, know yeah. themselves, they're just such good kids and yeah. you think, wow. <laughs> yeah. How good is this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So your daughter went there as well? She did for a couple of years and then she's at uh, in Gawler there from Trinity now. Yeah. Because her mum was down there then, so. Yeah, sick. Yeah. So how old, so your boy, he's six, isn't he? Six, yeah. So he yeah. starts class one next year. So he's oh, pretty, wow. He's pretty excited about that. Yeah, yeah. love that. And yeah. how old's your daughter? She's 15. Yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah, so almost like serious end of yeah, such yeah. like I said, both ends of the spectrum. Oh uh, yeah, 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 cool. The boys are coming into the picture now and stuff. Ah, uh, but yeah. she's talking to me about it, so that's good. Like she's very yeah. open communication at home, so that's good. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, hell yeah. I really like, I feel like you've set a really good foundation for that too. Oh, yeah, you've got to give yourself credit where it's Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll happily, I'll happily do it, guys that are listening. Like, uh, I feel like that's been one of your things. You need to give yourself a lot more credit than than what you do so I'll be reminding you throughout this episode yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah let's like let's go back to to 
wherever you feel like you want to in terms of you know what you know what's made you the man that you are today like we'll get into Invictus and, and all that thing like yeah. the work that you've been doing over the last you know few years I suppose yeah, yeah. But yeah what what sculpted yarn as a, as a young kid um, so I was born in Germany uh, in Hamburg north of Germany so oh, yeah. for the eldest um, and then that was in 82 and then so my grandparents at the time moved here on, on a whim I think my grandfather he was a sparky too and he just kind of he was 42 or something hmm. imagine being 42 only speaking German and going I've had enough and move to the other side of the world they yeah. don't speak their language they don't I think they knew like one couple here or something that's why they moved to Adelaide hmm. but anyway so we came on holidays a couple of years later and the parents like they obviously love to hear the open spaces and I think in the 80s Germany was not doing so well with mm. pollution they had acid rain like forests yeah right it was really bad in the 80s so it wasn't looking good they turned it around they're mm. one of the leading countries in that area now yeah but um <clears throat> so yeah they decided to to move here that took a couple of years of visas and getting like yeah they're like I don't know it was ridiculous like $40,000 in the bank which is a lot back really? Then. yeah it was a huge amount of money to move to, to Australia have, to prove that you could sustain yourself oh and, okay yeah 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 so, true um so yeah that was in 86 or started what was that 86 yeah so I started school soon after that um and I think from the stories from my mum we kind of ostracised a little bit because we're German we're different yeah. like I spoke both languages so I mixed both in the same sentence and that's sick we that little weird kid yeah. <laughs> yeah. um so yeah, that, in that sense, we've already kind of on the back foot a little bit. Um, and then my name being Jan, Jan. <laughs> uh, I just know, I got to interrupt for this story. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so for those that don't know, like before before my Invictus event, we have uh, we have like a group call with with all the blokes, and this is more so to like, yeah introduce you to the other blokes that are coming with you and then do some like pre sort of like stuff to get you ready for the event and, and all of that, et cetera, et cetera, whatever. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure when we had our first call together, I would have called you Jan. Yeah, yeah and, definitely. Yeah. And I think, I think Jan was just like, oh, must be a common mistake. And I don't know if you've had it before or not, but we get on this group call and I was just like, yeah, Jan, how you going, mate? Like... <laughs> Egan, like typical like slang Australian, and Yarn's just like, yeah, it's Yarn. <laughs> oh, and I was like, oh no, and I'm pretty sure I called you Jan like two, maybe three times. A like, couple of times, yeah. yeah. But I'm so used to it now; it's it's kind of wore off a duck's back. I don't really. Yeah, it doesn't. Matter. Sometimes I let it go just for fun. Yeah, <laughs> see how long it takes them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Quite long. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I was so embarrassed. I was just like, oh, I cannot believe that I'm, I'm like sitting over there, like typical Aussie, yeah. just like, hey, Jan, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, continue. So yeah, you spoke both languages. So both languages, and um, I think obviously I'm growing up in a very German household still. Mm -hmm. It was like we had no Australian culture in our household. It was all German. Um, and so I didn't have that, uh, what, what's the word, like, 
commonality with the other kids, mm. like stuff they were doing at home, or yeah. like it was all, all very in like inside the family. Yeah, there was no outsiders. Um, yeah, so and then that evolved. Being called Jan evolved into a lot of teasing in primary school. Yeah, um, I still remember it like I think it was like you something flipped in my brain and I just started getting like, oh, violence is the answer. Like I just started getting violent with boys yeah. and that stopped them. So I think something flipped in my brain then, oh, if I just get, if I shut down, if I start hitting them, chasing them down, it'll stop eventually. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that evolved, that's, that, that stayed in high school too. Obviously high school was pretty harsh mm. in that sense. Still had friends and stuff but never really meshed with people because I didn't trust them. Like there was never a trust there with the friendships. Gotcha. Um, yeah, so that was, that was pretty tough in my childhood. That was probably one of the main stories as such was that, yeah. um, that name calling. And, and somehow they made being German bad as well. Like, of course. So now, <laughs> you know, for so many years I was like, I hate being German. I don't like the Germans and I don't like my culture and mm. I'm in a different space now but it was it took me a long time to get over that yeah. um, sort of yeah, negative view of my own culture mm. Mm. Um, what would you say would have been like the I don't want to say like turning point but what would you say was the biggest piece of adversity through through either primary school or high school for you biggest piece of adversity mm. that I had to overcome, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was probably just that constant teasing, even if it was just sort of like, ha-ha, you know, it's still, and it, and it evolved into me shutting down, I think it was year 10, I just shut down, I just stopped caring, mm. and that's when it stopped again. Yeah. Do you remember like, so you said year 10, do you remember like, was there a pivotal moment that you were just like, you know, you felt everything just sort of, yeah, shut down, close off? You know when it started, it was, I remember, this is going to be, uh, I went to a party, I rarely went to parties, but I didn't go to this one party in the hills and they played Pantera. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like love at first sight, I still remember the first time I heard that song, it was like, like everything just went, what the fuck is this? this is yeah. Funny. And that heavy metal kind of, I don't know, I, I attached myself to it and then like no one else liked it around me. Like I was just, that was my, um, I think that was, yeah, that was the point where I just shut down and got into that sort of real dark sort of mood, mm. sort of teenagery, I hate the world yeah. kind of thing. And the heavy metal helped that, definitely. Yeah, of course. <laughs> helped it or just like enhanced it? Enhanced yeah, it, definitely yeah. enhanced it. Like, yeah. Um, <laughs> played it loud in my room. God, I must have been a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking about now, like, oh God. Yeah. yeah. I put up with that. Um, <laughs> I love that. But yeah, and the whole time, um, I still had my swimming on the side too, though. Like, I was. That's right. Being yeah. in the swimming. And that, that kept me grounded to some degree. Yeah, um, so I was training like probably 
10 times, nine, 10 times a week. Yeah. And when did you start? When did you start swimming? Um, I got pretty heavy into it when I was about 11, 12. Yeah. That's when my parents said I was playing soccer and swimming. And they said, right, you've got to choose one. You can't do both anymore. You know, yeah. One is going to gonna either go further in soccer or further in swimming. Yeah. So I chose swimming because um, I was better at it than soccer. Yeah. And then, yeah, it evolved into pretty, like, it took up my whole youth, mm. which was good. Like, um, it took myself away from school. Like, I didn't really, mm. that wasn't my main focal point in, in life. And it was just that, that swimming. Um, I did all right. I, I look back now and I go, I never would have made it because I didn't have the right mental, yeah. m- uh, mental game. And that, that makes all the difference mm. between a top 20 and a top two. Yeah, swimming, for that, sure. That's, that's really all it is. Yeah. It's that mental game. Um, and I just didn't have that backing, so. But yeah, so, um, yeah, swimming till I was like 20, I reckon. Yeah, right, yeah. sick. Yeah. And did you, was it just training? Did you do like, you did like comps or races? And yeah, yeah, we went to nationals. Um, so from the age of, I think it was, I reckon I missed out when I was 13. I only really got really serious then. And then 14, um, I went to nationals in Sydney. This is like just before the, year, uh, the Sydney Olympics, so everything was like, you know, yeah, huge, and they'll throw money around and stuff. And yeah, so I made the finals in nationals. That was like... Hell yeah. Yeah, so you know how you come in and you go, this is my PB, and I, I blew it out the water. Like, it was just nuts. Like, Fuck yeah. yeah. Was sick, yeah. What was your, like, what, what was your strongest event? Uh, breaststroke. Breaststroke? Yeah, I was a breaststroker. Yeah, I could tell. Yeah. You got like, you got strong, <laughs> the, like, bull yeah. shoulders. Yeah. yeah. It's just that, fl- I don't know, you either, when you're a swimmer, you can either, you're either a breaststroker or you're not. Yeah, right. Like, you can either do it or you can't. You can't yeah. kind of, you can't train yourself to do it. You can be okay at it, but normally, well, but I, I couldn't do anything else. I wasn't a freestyler, backstroker, butterfly. Yeah, right. Just breaststroke, that was it. Yeah, I would say, I actually, I 100% agree with that because I feel like breaststroke was my weakest stroke. Yeah. yeah I, was, like, I was so good at, I could, you know, nail freestyle and you could nail backstroke. Yeah. Uh, I, was a, I was a really good backstroker. Yeah. Really good freestyler. Could, you know, butterfly was always yeah, a bit butterfly funny. Butterfly was always. Yeah. <laughs> I remember back in school, like, it was always me and one other bloke that would enter the butterfly and yeah. no one else would because, like, no one else would even want to attempt it. Yeah. Like, man, I look like a fucking, like, fish you know, that's been washed up on the beach. Yeah. Swimming in the pool's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. breaststroke, man, I could just, I just couldn't be fast at it. Yeah. Like, but I feel like breaststroke, and you'd be able to explain this probably a lot better than me, but I feel like breaststroke's a stroke where if you try and go faster with your stroke, you yeah. don't act, that doesn't actually equal no. speed. Breaststroke's all about timing. Timing. All yeah, about right. timing, breaststroke. And yeah, it's nothing to do with going faster. The faster you go, the slower you can probably go. Yeah, that's like in the water itself. <laughs> yeah, so it's all about yeah, it's, um, yeah, about the timing of the arms and then bringing the legs in and yeah, yeah. you know you've got to have kind of like a little little bit of a dolphin flow going as well. Yeah, right. Yeah, it's just all that's pretty technical. Yeah, stroke to do. But yeah, that was my yeah, that was my number yeah. one. So you made it to the finals of nationals. Finals of nationals. Um, Still, it was my best swim I've ever, like, it was, I think it was ranked seventh coming in, and it was a 200 meter breaststroke. Holy shit. Turn, yeah, <laughs> the last turn, I was like third, like, 
with someone else. You want to know who that someone else was? Who? Ian Thorpe. No way! You <laughs> swam against Ian Thorpe? Yeah, yeah, so... What?! He... He turned and we turned like he beat me by point one seven. He got Holy shit. But you see, the thing is, with Ian Thorpe, his, his worst stroke was breaststroke. That was his, like, weakest link. That's wild. So he, we were the same age group and he obviously won everything. Yeah. And got third in breaststroke. But for, to be your worst stroke and still win a medal at nationals is just like insane. Yeah. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, that guy's a that guy's like a swordfish. Oh, yeah, he's nuts. What was, like, his, what was his nickname? I swear he had a nickname or something like that. Peter or something? That's it, yep. yeah. <laughs> of yeah. course, it's on the tip of my tongue. Yeah, wow. So that was that was a massive swim. Mm. Um, and I did a right afterwards after that too, like nationals the next year. I came seventh and fifth or something maybe in like 100 and 200. Yep. Um, yeah, so that was good. And I did national opens too, so national opens is obviously like all ages. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. started that when I was 14 as well, made the titles for that. So it was a pretty busy time. Like, Sounds was, like it. Like competing pretty much every, at least every second weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was full on. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then you said you swam up until about 20, is that right? About 20, yeah. I yeah. remember doing, I did the national opens at Hobart. And then on the way back on the plane, my coach kind of, he already knew. Like, yeah. he must have known because he goes, so what are you going to do now? And I'm like, yeah, I've had enough now. Yeah. I just can't keep going. Like, I kind of, I made top, I think I made top 20, like probably 19th or 20th. Hmm. And I nearly broke the 30 second barrier for 50 meter breaststroke. So I've got 30.3. And that 30 second barrier is like the pinnacle. Huh. And I, you know, <laughs> that's I just, wild to like, me. Like. Missed out on it. I was like, it was 30.3 still awesome. Yeah. And I look back at it now, I might should have been way happier with it. But wow. Yeah. Um, Remind me to never go swimming against you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're like, hey, so we're not we're not out hiking today. We're actually there's a 50 meter yeah. Yeah. Race today. Yeah, yeah. 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 Cool. And then yeah. what? Up, like that was up until you were about 20. Like. Yeah. So you finished year 12? Finished year 12, yeah. It was very important to my parents that I finished year 12. They sent me to a private school. Yep. Did all that. Kind of, I did all right. I think I got 75 in the end. Hell yeah. Not bad for someone who didn't really focus on anything. Shit. Didn't know what, where they were going or what they were doing. Or yeah. Just kind of just coasting. That's probably the best word for it. Um, so then I went to uni straight after high school. Because everyone's like, what are you going to do next year? What are you going to do next year? You know what my answer was? Oh, I'm just going to swim, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't good enough. So, yeah, yeah. so I did uni. I did like, I do financial business, accounting, and something, something, something. I'm like, we're not making a lot of money. And yeah. It lasted like three months. And I yeah. kept falling asleep in the lectures because I was tired uh, from training. I didn't really, yeah, didn't put any effort in. Yeah. Yeah, so I just, then I went part-time and just, just kept swimming. Went to uni again the next year, did marketing. I don't know why I thought that was a good idea. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny to look yeah. back at like that yeah. time of life and just go, well, I don't know why. The decision making processes sometimes, right? Yeah. And that obviously didn't last. And then then I was working in a factory just making aircon parts. Just Man. like doing one of these spot welders and I was just on that all day long. That was a right job, it was like for what it was, and there was some good people there, but hmm. at that point I just and I stopped swimming at that point. That was the point where I stopped swimming. I'm like, what am I doing? My old man, he's a painter by mm. trade. 
us into him. So, um, all right. So who who works um, who works the least on site? <laughs> right. The process of yeah. choosing the trade. And he goes, yeah. oh, these bloody sparkies. <laughs> I'm like, oh, cool. All right. So, all right. who makes the most though? He goes, oh, these bloody sparkies. Yeah. I'm like, ding, 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 ding. That's what I'm doing. And three weeks later, I had a new apprenticeship. And yeah. Yeah. That evolved into that. So, yeah. Um, and did you did you go out on your own straight away or did you work for. No, no. So, I had, what did I do? Um, did the apprenticeship. In the meantime, I had the girl. She was born in my, in my third year. And we had a house, we yeah. had dogs, all that stuff. It was pretty stressful. Mm-hmm. Like I was just, I was doing cashies every day after work just to make extra money and yeah. just make meet, ends meet. It was a good learning process though. Like I made a, um, learn a lot about um, housing, you know, electrical work and mm. cash and, you know, yeah, interacting with people and customers and all that sort of stuff. Um, and then after that, <clears throat> I think as soon as I got my trade, I got a job in the mines for WA. Mm. The plan was with the um, partner at the time, right, the daughter's only like eight months. I'll go do in the mines for like four years till she goes to school. We'll knock it out. Like I was going to do four weeks on, one week off, like construction sort of roster. Yeah. Horrible roster, but. Hmm. I thought, yeah, I can do this. Let's, you know, go out and do it a grand a year. I lasted two months. <laughs> I was the first time, the first thing I went, and I reckon I lasted a couple of weeks before I started balling my eyes out. Hmm. And then came home for a week and everything was great. Oh, we had money. We went out and did this and that. And, yeah, you know, of Showed off a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And then um, the second stint, yeah, that was just, I knew then, I'm like, it, and you know, it was just my daughter, I couldn't be away from her. Yeah. Like, I would just lose it every night. Like, I'm sitting in this three by three room, and I'm like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter how much money you get. If you're not around your kids, it, yeah, it doesn't make up for it. Yeah. Um, so that, yeah, so, and that job was only like ad hoc. It was only meant to last like three, four months. Yeah. Um, so I left for that and came out to town. Um, and that's when I started working for myself, I reckon. Yeah. Started doing a bit, um, a bit more work on the side while working for someone, and then I evolved into yeah, working for myself. Hell yeah. yeah. So what? Your daughter would have been born in two thousand and seven. Yeah. Yeah. And then you went to the mines two thousand and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Two thousand eight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. Because yeah. you went. She was eight months old. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And you lasted what three months? Yeah, not long. Yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> so long then long. you come back, work for yourself. Is yeah. it still 2008? Uh, yep, probably towards the end of 2008. I think then, end of 2008, uh, the daughter's mum and I broke up. Yeah. So I moved out pretty, uh, yeah, early, late 2008. <clears throat> yep. And that was pretty hard on me. That was... It was hard because the relationship was um, quite toxic. Mm. And that was, that's not, that's from both ends. Like it was, yeah. it didn't go well. Um, but we had a, a, an understanding with the daughter, it was 50 50. Yeah. So we had it for a week, she had it for a week, and it, and it worked well, and it always has to this day. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then that's, I think I did that for a year and a half working for myself, looking after the daughter a bit. Um, and then I got 
Same like company, same. No, company. different. So this yep. is the one I'm at now, Prominent Hill, up near Coopie. Yeah. Um, and that was week on week off back then. But I was just a contractor, so wasn't full time or anything. But it worked really well with daughter. So I could work for a week. She'd be at her mum's. I'd come home, yep. and I'd be home for the whole week. Um, and I could just like you know bring her to school and do this and do that and do fun stuff. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, so that worked really well for a long time. So that's good. Sick. And then I just got sick of being away. Yeah. So how long did you last in this then? Um, three years. Three years. Yeah, yeah, three, three years. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was the next stage of your life? Because I feel like there's what there's like a ten year period between now and that. Would there be? Yeah. So we're at 2012, and that's when things started really. Before before 2012, I was. I wasn't aware of, like, let's say in a relationship, I always put it onto the other person. It's yeah. their fault. They did this, they did that. Oh, you know, if I find someone better than that, won't gotcha. happen. And, um, yeah, I wasn't very um, well educated on that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, so 2012, I met my, my boy's mum, and that's where things started. She was already well on her path in that spiritual sense mm-hmm. she's got gotcha. yoga and she's done a lot of work on herself previously um, and that really opened the door for my mind yep. <laughs> to go oh shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not all just on the other person or um, yeah so there was a lot going on in that period of time those first couple of years was a big learning curve for me mm. um, a lot of reading Got into couples therapy, and it was like there was a. I still remember the moment where I turned to the therapist. I'm like, "Do I need individual sessions? Is there something wrong with me?" Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, and she goes, "Yeah, wouldn't be a bad thing." <laughs> without <laughs> without telling you too straight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a good idea. Yeah, maybe you should come and see me. Yeah. So yeah, that's when we started. When I started doing um, what's called radius um, therapy, and it's like a body somatic therapy where there's not much talking maybe five minutes of talking to start to see how you're going yeah and then they just get you to do a bunch of different movements and um it's not like a mattress and you'll lie on the mattress and do some movements and breathing and a bit similar to breath work but um a little eye gazing as well but making contact with the therapist in that sense yeah that was really good for a long time um helped me realize a lot of things about myself mm. That where like I had a lot of anger inside. I knew mm-hmm. I was angry, but didn't know. I thought it was just you know what I thought? So I thought that anger was just my me being German, my background, who my dad was, that's what my dad was, he's an angry dude. Gotcha. You know, so that's just thought who I thought I was, but there was no changing that. Mm. Yeah, it was just like a cemented thing, like yeah, can't it was change just it. Part of who I was and where I've come from um, but then going through that somatic therapy and realising oh this isn't me and then you know you, you, you think of back when you were a little boy and you go oh, I wasn't angry back then mm. like what has changed from when I was five to you know yeah. 30 now like how has that evolved into that so then you start working through those things about you know the stuff that happened at school and it was pretty deep. It was 
pretty full on time. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. No, that sort of stuff goes so deep. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And what do you reckon, what did you get most out of that? What were the biggest shifts you went through, do you reckon? Um, opening the heart. Yeah. In that, in that therapy stuff that I was doing, the body somatic. It was heart opening stuff. And a lot of, like, it helped me feel into my body. Like, I'd never, ever felt into my body. Yeah. Like, I was always just, t- everything was tight. Like, I'm a big ball of muscle. Yeah. I'm angry. Yeah, my child. face was always, like, crunched in. And, and it really helped me open up. Mm. And I mean, um, previous to that, I was always a good dad. Like, I always tried doing fun things and being loving. But then I started, I, I remember doing this, that's right, I did this, um, I went to Thailand. I did this, a rebirthing session with this guy. I had no idea what rebirthing was. Yeah. <coughs> he goes, oh, you go through three stages. <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, all right. And he got you to do arms and legs at the same time, breathing. And yeah, three stages. The first stage was, I had a set start at the time. And he was probably about three. And I just started to bore my eyes out because I realized I was doing the same stuff to him as my father was doing, did to me. And all it was, wasn't like physical abuse or like verbal abuse, it was just looks, like stern looks or showing no love, like lack of, no physical touch. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't like there was anything wrong, it was just a lack of a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And that hit home pretty hard, that did, like, oh, shit. And the second stage was... Um, so interesting grace and i have like we looked into this massively i think we spoke about it on the podcast we did together can't remember actually <laughs> might be over on her podcast channel not mine but uh before we had luna we were looking into all this birth stuff and that's one of the huge reasons why we wanted to do a home birth yeah. was because we knew that if we went to the hospital they would take luna off us when that time when you first are like basically are revealed to the earth Mm -hmm. that is the time where like you need to be with the mum like you need to be connected to the fucking mother like skin to skin like both of you butt fucking naked like Mm -hmm. yeah so I feel that because I was exactly the same like come out and it's just like they take you off they wipe you down with the towel get all the shit off you and whatever and they test you for all the things and Mm -hmm. you know do whatever they need to do and then you know after the mum's recovered you finally come back and it's like you still get the connection, but it's not the same, right? It's not the same. Level. Not the same. At all. Yeah. No. Not so yeah, there was. So you went all the way back to birth. Yeah, all the way back to birth, and the pain that that time period had on, like the amount of pain it caused, and the funny thing, you know, you go back to oh, what what issues did I have when I was a kid? I would tease, and I was, you know, I'd, I'd build walls so people couldn't come in and. You know, have to look after myself a lot, and you go, okay, hang on. If I go back even further, where did that evolve from? It evolved from that point. Yeah. And you just now, I'm not using the word, but you've now manifested that into your life 
from the very beginning, like, um, and you go, yeah, okay, my name is Jan, and I went to an Australian school, but that somehow has now, I mean, if I didn't have that at the start, I might have reacted differently to it. Exactly, yeah, it's like, gone, and, and just gone, mm, yeah, cool, whatever, like, whatever, yeah, yeah. instead yeah. of reacting going <laughs> in an angry way and started getting violent or whatever. But it, we could just sit here and speculate about all of that, right? Oh, like, yeah. It's like, oh, well, if this had happened, then this could be different. And that's just like, that's just more evidence that what you're saying about like manifesting it is so true. Because if it had have gone differently, then who's to say that this might have happened or X, Y, Z might have happened. Correct. But because it went that way and you perceived it in that way, there's evidence to say that that now has meaning because you've given it meaning. Like, yeah. that's just how it goes. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just wild. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, you went to, was it Thailand for this rebirthing? Yeah, so the rebirthing, yeah. So that was the birthing. And the third one was, is a weird one and it trips me out still. I was a little Jewish girl in World War Two Germany. Yeah, right. Yeah. Interesting. And I just went, I woke up from it and I went, what the fuck? So maybe that was you in a past life. Maybe past life <laughs> or like guilt of my yeah. what, what my previous generations did. Yeah, wasn't that long fuck. ago? True. It was only a couple of generations ago. True. So there's stuff in my bloodline that that guilt is there. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. A lot of guilt there. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that a lot. Like those generational things are they are absolutely a thing mm. that, that generational like weight you carry that over yeah you carry it from your parents from your grandparents great grandparents and it just continues on unless you recognise it and do the work to like break the generational right, pattern yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah fucking wild holy shit yeah I still remember my grandparents were born in 39 and 43 in World War II Germany. oh wow yeah so like war, war babies basically. yeah yeah and they have never talked about growing up in that time at all. They would just give you blank looks. Yeah, right. Yeah, they just won't. won't there's no discussion. There's no... Gotcha. It's not like, oh, this is how we grew up or, you know, mm. no, they just can't face it. Yeah. I feel like this is just for me on like a, yeah, from like a personal point of view, I suppose. Like, I've never been exposed to that kind of thing. Like... Yeah, you read about war, you watch stuff about war and stuff like that, and you're like, yeah. in my head, I'm like, oh, I'd just do this. But like, I've never been in that situation. Like, what? Who's to say? I have no fucking clue what I. I well, I feel like I'd make very informed decisions if I was, if there was a fucking you know, a squadron of jets that flew over from let's say Germany. Yeah. They were just like, yeah. <laughs> over Adelaide I don't know why you'd attack Adelaide there's really not much here no, but it's right, yeah. <laughs> like theoretically if that was to happen yeah I wouldn't I've never been in that situation yeah, you so it's like you, you don't know like it, it's again it's like the speculation thing like yeah. in my mind I'm like oh I just get in my car and like drive to safety but then I'm like how many people in Adelaide mm-hmm. how many other people would have that same idea then the roads would get clogged up and like what an easy target it would be to see 50 cars backed up at on the road yeah for just a plane to go yeah. like there's a lot of casualties uh, I'd be yeah. like oh yeah I'd stay away from like main attractions like would stay away from Adelaide Oval would stay away <laughs> from like the CBD you know what I mean yeah, like yeah yeah legit yeah but everyone would have the same idea right yeah. like yeah so I mean I, I hear that completely where your grandparents would just not talk about it because I mean we could 
we can speak on both of our like traumas that we've experienced like mm. if someone asked me you know about deep dark traumas that you or I have your initial reaction is to like go like you don't want to speak about it because you then have to relive it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like your grandparents probably don't want to speak about it because they just, ref- like, they're like, no. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Yeah, yeah, legit. They're like, yeah. no, we have blocked that in the fucking, like, the most darkest, yeah. deep cupboard. Throwing the key away. Yeah, like, we are not going to be able to go there. No yeah. way. Yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so, yeah, you come back from Thailand and then what, what happened next? Um, from there, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, just like, yeah. like, do I say the next couple of years? Like, so I had a little bit, like, so me and the part of the time we broke up, oh, we moved out anyway, and I moved into where I am now, um, and then I got into like the, the hippies, the hippie, fuck my yeah. hippie era, I guess you'd say, like, and these guys are into the ayahuasca and that sort of stuff um, so I ended up doing a ceremony in 20 I want to say 2015 yeah so I did a it was down at Victor Harbour way um, so the first night was Cambo it's that frog mm. poison they put yep, in there yep. so we had did a shaman you, did you do it in the back of your was it back of your neck or you did it on uh, uh, yeah. yeah so we had a shaman come over from Peru he travelled around the world doing it and yeah so he gave us seven he gave me seven spots on my arm and I've never been so wildly ill in my life really? just out of like vomiting I didn't have the other end like some yeah, people yeah. have both and they're running off to the toilet wow but um it was like, <laughs> like never want to experience it I do but I don't want to experience it again yeah but the next morning like you pretty much go through that and you just fall asleep yeah and the next morning I've never ever felt physically better and probably clear in the mind too like it was like woke up and went, whoa. Yeah, right. What is going on there? Like, I would definitely do Campbell again. Yeah, cool. Especially to clear this coda stuff I've got. Like, if, yeah, yeah. if it was available, it's been made like, I think like semi illegal in Australia at the moment. Because they're gone, oh, it's unregulated. How dare you yeah. evolve to a higher level of consciousness? <laughs> You're not using our, our pharmaceutical work. Yeah, we want to control you. <laughs> we can't make money off you that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was that night, and the second night was the ayahuasca. And um, to say it was an experience is uh, understated, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think I went in a little bit naive too. Like, I did a lot of YouTubing and talking to people. Mate, that would be me too. <laughs> yeah. You, you do all your research as much as you can. Yeah. And they call it, they call it the little death, right? Because they say you have to die to go to the other side, to the other realm, they so to speak. Um, see whatever you're going to see and I'm like oh yeah cool yeah yeah no worries yeah I'm ready so <laughs> yeah we drew, probably about 20 people in the room and we all had our cup and man the euphoric like it's just this euphoric feeling at first like whoa like you feel all your veins pumping and just yeah. lying there like you feel everything like ooh, the, you literally I don't know you could, you could feel energy flowing around and then, I, and then I turned into like a jaguar. I felt like I was a jaguar in the yeah, forest, right. in the jungle. Like I had I did all these weird, all these weird movements and stuff. And I'm like, oh, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. And then he, the shaman was saying, if you feel, if you, 
the, the thing was, he said at the start, right? He goes, if you're asking yourself whether you're in it or not, you've not been in it. So if you're deep into the ayahuasca ceremony and you're going, am I in this or am I not? You're not in it yet. Because yeah. you're not asking yourself that when you're deep in this, in this yeah. journey, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I went, am I in it? And I'm like, oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I went out for a second cup and went back down. And from there, it was a ride through hell. I kid you not. It was hell for me. Like, like, like was, you were saying with the with the frog poison, like physical hell? Like vomiting? Um, all of it. It was just an absolute... Sh- <laughs> like, I, like, I know I'm scared to do it again. Yeah, right. That's, that's where it got me. Like, because basically... It was like this energy or being or something was like sitting on my chest and choking me and going, let go, let go. So it literally wanted you to die. And that's what they meant by the little death. And I was like, oh shit, this is what they literally want you to do. This is what they explained. (laughs) Oh crap. And I couldn't let go. I couldn't let go. Like, because he'd be choking me, like, or it. And I'd be like, no, I've got, I've got a daughter. I can't leave her. Uh, yeah. Like, so it'd just be this, and then, and then he, then the pressure would go, and there'd just be this whirlwind, like just I don't know, just, everything was like you know, like the TV static black and white screen. Mm. It was like that. There was no colours, and then the music they were playing, the shaman was playing, would take you on a ride too. Like he was playing to the energy in the room, and that like if he stopped the music, it was like play the music, play the music, play the music. Like it was just, it would... Wow. Yeah. Um, so that would happen over and over again. It eventually would come back, start choking me, sitting on my chest, telling me to let go. I go, no, I've got my mum to look after. Or I can't, I can't, I've got sisters. Or yeah, yeah. no, I've got a job to go to. Or, you know what? Like, and then like the thoughts started coming in. Oh, you're just taking drugs, you know? This is just a drug. Like, you're a drug addict, what are you doing? Like, these old stories would come in from growing up in a pretty staunch German household. I never did drugs until I was like 30, man. Like, it was never a thing in my mindset. And that's what came up a lot. And then, like that, I don't know how many hours it went on for. It was, um... (laughs) (laughs) Plot plot twist, it was two weeks. Yeah, (laughs) it could have been bad, I felt like it. But yeah, so I never crossed that threshold. I never let go. And, but once it dissipated, and I reckon it went to like, we started around seven and it went to about three or four in the morning. Yeah. Um, and at the end, when it dissipates, you're in that loving, like I've never yeah. felt more open-hearted and loving towards everyone in the room and everyone in life and yeah. just wanted to go around hugging everyone. Um, yeah, the next day was pretty hard for me because I didn't, I'm like, did I do it wrong? Mm. What have I done? Like, but then I was speaking to another guy and he goes, it took him 10 sessions to let go and get wow. through the other side. Interesting. Yeah. So that was just the beginning though. Like, so for another year or so after that, it kind of changed who I was to a degree. Mm. And I don't think it was, I was very open hearted. I think, but it wasn't on a level where I'd work through stuff to, so it was like a genuine open-heartedness. It was like, it's like, it's almost like the ayahuasca ripped my chest open and going, there you go. But I wasn't ready for it, mm-hmm. I guess. 
Um, so yeah, eventually I coasted back into baseline and it didn't last. Gotcha. Right? Um, but yeah, it showed me a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'll tell you one thing, I was like, I remember lying there right towards the end when I was in that loving feeling and my hand, like my hand like would start shaking. It came up and over onto my belly and like, um, I think it was my liver. It started vibrating in my liver and mum came into my mind. Fuck. I'm like, oh shit, something's wrong, something's wrong. Like, And I told mum, I said, this is what happened. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but can you, you know, get yourself checked out? And lo and behold, it wasn't like cancer or anything, but there was an issue with the liver. What? Yeah. <laughs> you think, nah, come on, man. That's yeah. crazy. Like, literally, I actually got checked out because of that. And yeah. yeah. Damn. So there is, there's something there for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I fully believe that. Um, and I probably would do it again one day under the right circumstances. I yeah. think. But with a better, going with a better mindset, I think as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a bit of a journey. For sure. Yes. Sounds <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think a lot of. I think the issue with that in the end for me was it took you out of the physical world. And even though you came back, you, you knew about this up here, mm. about this, what is it called? The esoteric type, yeah. another plane or whatever you want to call it, another dimension. You were there and now you're back and you're like, what's the point of working? Mm. I just want to love the earth. So detached from the physical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was like that. It was really difficult to get any work done, yeah. to do anything physical in this world. And that's, what I, that's the point I came to, I'm like, I can't do that again, because it will like, it'll pull me out again. Yeah. Like I, I had an opportunity to do it probably, ooh, I reckon late last year, about a year ago, it was yeah, held in Adelaide, and I just said, no. Can't do it. Can't do it. Because yeah. it'll pull me out again, and I'll probably want to quit my job, <laughs> and I won't have anything backed up to, to keep the money flowing, yeah, and yeah. I'll end up in that space again, and it scared the hell out of me. It just wasn't the actual journey itself in yeah. the Ayahuasca, it was afterwards, the aftermath. Yeah, just turn into one of those people that just, every time there's a full moon, you get crystals out on the windowsill. Yeah, and charge yeah, them up. pretty much. <laughs> like, sit on your grass and lie yeah. like, I'm so connected with everything. Man. Yeah. Like, that's what it was like. 46 man. salt lamps. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then I was hanging around these people quite a bit, and um, I thought, oh yeah, these guys, know, they're on the right track. Mm. And I realised they were just bypassing all the hard work. Mm. And that's, that's my version of it, and it might not be true for them. But from my point of view, it was kind of like, they're just smoking pot, they're doing this ayahuasca, and they're not doing the real like work, work. in the real world on a physical mm. level. Yeah. That was, and maybe that's just how I viewed it, and it wouldn't work for me that way. Like other people mm. might be able to do it that way oh, yeah, works for, for sure but for me it was like nah I just feel like I'm just hurdling over all the issues and just going into this loving space where there's still all this bullshit in the background yeah yeah that's a good segue to where you were at pre-Invictus and whatever sort of time period that was but yeah, yeah I would love for you to share on yeah what, so what got you to Invictus and where you were before before Invictus <coughs> so pre-Invictus um I had got COVID back in April pretty bad. Yeah. I, I was out 
for like two, a good two months on my back. I couldn't breathe properly, yeah. fatigue. Um, I thought it was the end of the world. I thought there's no way I'm getting back from this. Like, how mm-hmm. can I? I still got issues now, but I'm um, getting better and better every week. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that period was quite hard. And then me and the, the boys, mother broken up. At that time, it was we finally, I think we both knew at that point, this is it. Like we, we were in counseling a lot and it just wasn't, just wasn't working. Mm. Um, we're both, I don't know if you've heard the term, um, so you know the attachment style theory, like everyone's got different attachment styles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we were, we were at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, so right. you've got your secure attachment in the middle. Yeah. I'm at one end, the avoidant. Yeah. <laughs> building up walls. And then she's at the other end. And so we could never really come together. Come together and um, be in a good place. So anyway, that <clears throat> that ended. And I went to myself. I thought, there is some, I have to do something pretty drastic before I jump into another relationship. Yeah. Like, something has to change because I can't do it again. Sick of that cycle mm. of going through the same thing with relationships over and over again. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it's me, obviously, partly me. I, I have to change. Um, and I knew I've got a, I know I've got a pretty, or had a pretty big ego in that sense, where I wouldn't let go of that security, that mm. that uh, um, just relying on myself and not letting anyone in. And if I did let them in, it wasn't for a very long time. It was like, get it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Open the door, lock slightly. Come in. Oh wait, yeah. that, 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 get out. <laughs> yeah. I don't trust you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then I think social media. I got into. I was just looking at stuff. I don't know how it came up with Ben's coaching, but yeah, you popped up. Oh, that's right. I was looking at a guy down south. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I wasn't vibing with him. Well, that's fine. And then, yeah, you popped up on your, I think it was Facebook, just yeah, yeah. The, um, the stories or whatever. I thought, oh, maybe that's what I... Oh, come on now. You, what was the truth? <laughs> I was hesitant. Oh, yeah. Hesitant. <laughs> anyway, I made contact. You did. I'll give it Pretty to you. Sure you I did. contact. You did. And I thought, something's got to change here. I think we had a, we had a quick chat, mm. about an hour or so. And that was about, what was it, July? It was about three months before Invictus. It was yeah, a fair while. Yeah, a while, yeah. So yeah, I made the commitment to Invictus, which was a big, big step for me. Yeah. Like, I just went, what have I done? Yeah. Why am I... Okay. You know. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I just kept doing my thing, and then... You want me to talk about going into Invictus, or... How do you... Yeah, let's do that. I would love to hear, like... We've obviously spoken out a lot, but yeah, yeah, I would love to hear in the lead up to Invictus, sort of like right up until you walked in the door, because I feel like that would be a good share as well. Yeah, and then yeah, you can head into like your experience at Invictus, and then we'll just go from there. So I think I had to take time off from work for that, which was good because I wouldn't have the kids then as well, mm. so it freed me up. So I think I had the Thursday and the morning of the Friday of that day we started off, and. I don't think I was overly nervous. Yeah, you didn't seem nervous. Um, probably because I was sceptical. Oh, yeah. Anything could happen, so I was just like... <laughs> anyway, so... I remember, <laughs> I 
I remember driving up the driveway and that's when the nurse kicked in and I'm like, oh crap. Mm. All that stuff I've seen online that he's you know, doing with all these other blokes. Do I have to do that? Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah, walking the door, as you know, <laughs> Every... I felt like I was like, like this is how I felt inside. Hey guys, how you going? Yeah. But I was probably more like, hey. <laughs> yeah, What's going you. on? That was legit <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was, and then that evening we we'll just it was just a lot of um, just a lot of talking and writing down a lot of our what was it like values and beliefs outcomes and outcomes yeah, yep, and yep. what we wanted. And I still remember at the end of that night it was like eleven o'clock, <laughs> and I still remember saying to you, mate, I'm still skeptical. Mm. You can do anything in three days. And like, you know, because I've done all this, I've done a lot of stuff, I've done retreats, somatic stuff, and I was like, yeah, man, like, give your best shot, go on. And you went, that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just give it 100% though, and I was willing to give it 100%. I was like, yeah, okay, cool. Mm. I'm not going to back out of this, I'm here. Yeah. And then I reckon by Sunday, Saturday lunch. Yeah. <laughs> Even early, let's be yeah. honest. But yeah, I was a changed man. Yeah, what would you say was like? Because this would be really cool for you to for you to express as well. Like, what would you say was the biggest thing that you actually got out of Invictus? Because it'd be really cool. Because there's probably a lot of blokes out there that are like you that are real skeptical about not not just my stuff, but like yeah. you know a lot of stuff in this world. Like, yeah, you know the even ayahuasca and like doing somatic breath work, yeah. like all of that kind of anything stuff, like that, anything yeah. like that, right? Yeah, it's like. You know, you were skeptical for like a day. Let's be honest. Like, yeah. You got there, and it wasn't until yeah, twenty four hours later, basically, that you were just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. what would you what would you say was like the the turning point for you, the biggest thing you got? <coughs> turning point. It was probably a couple. It like came in together at the same time. It was the um, the meditation slash visualization we did in the morning. Mm. That was that was like. It's just like a, a big kick up the butt. <laughs> Basically, it was my heart going, Oi, how many times have I told you? Yeah. How many times have I told you? You're not listening. That's essentially what it was like, dude, come on. Yeah. And I knew, and you knew that I knew. Friday night, you knew already that I knew where I was or wanted to go or should be going. Yeah. But I wasn't willing to say it out loud because if I said it out loud, then it would have to be either... Well, it wasn't a thing, right? It wasn't. Yeah, if you didn't say it, it's like, well, because I was, there's no way in hell that like, yeah, I would push you to do it without you first like saying it, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I fucking knew it. Hey, like, you knew I knew it. I knew I knew it. Everybody in the room knew. And it was like, I remember holding back tears and I'm like, no, no, not doing it. I'm not fucking saying it, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, then the, the grounding screaming yeah. that and that reminded me of I'm getting all jittery now just thinking about it <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting like Ooh. yeah um, the, that and the ice but like jumping into the bath it was like just reminding me of how much of a beast I could be mm. like it remind, took me back to my swimming days like because yeah. to do it at that level you have to be oh you have to be nuts yeah you know and I just remembered I'm like 
fuck, man, I'm, I'm a big, powerful man here, and I'm walking through this world like, like a, you know, like shoulders hunched over, and like, mm, look at me, mm. and I'm like, like after that primal screaming in the bath, I was like, I was just like ready to fucking plow through the world, and I'm like, yeah. look at me, here I am. It was, yeah, it was definitely yeah. a turning point. It was that grounding and knowing. Knowing after the visualisation, this is what I need to do, and then grounding myself through those exercises. Was, yeah, that was... It just... It just gave me, gave me a purpose, or like a direction as well, because I was pretty directionless my whole life. I think after swimming, I was just like, if I'm not a swimmer, what am I? What am I doing? Yeah. I'm not good at anything. I'm not good at like what I'm just a I'm just a sparky. Oh, just a sparky. Just a sparky. Yeah. You know, and that language came from my my parents too. Like just yeah. I'm just, but yeah. So I just I floated through those almost twenty years. I was floating. I was just like nah, 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 nah. like not really listening to what I should have been doing, and just going along with what everyone else in society specs from you, mm. I suppose, to some degree as well, working towards retirement and Ugh. doing, you know, doing the right things, buying a house, not that buying a house is a bad thing, it's good, but, um, yeah, so that's Saturday, and then the Sunday just cemented it all, yeah. like it just put it in place, and it was like, I have to actually do something now about this, don't I, I can't just leave here and just go, well, that was good, and then keep doing what I was doing. It was never going to happen. Mm. Yeah. And how's it been for you, like, you know, since Invictus? Like, it's easy for us to sit here and, you know, praise Invictus, but, like, I want yeah. to talk about, like, you and the stuff that you've done, like, what what you found has really helped you post Invictus. Um, daily habits. Oh, yeah. Daily habits have been a huge factor. In massive for you for sure. Yeah, in cementing the my goals and just the direction I want to go in. So I think I think you know, I've said this to you before. I always knew the things I should have been doing. I always knew I should have meditated or occasionally journaled or you know oh, I did a bit of exercise here and there. <laughs> I tried to stay fit. Yeah. Told myself I ate healthy, but really when no one else was around. Like it was just me, I'd be munching on lollies yep. and chips and shit. Because if no one's there, it doesn't really count, does it? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that Monday coming or Sunday, and from then on, it was like you go meditate twenty minutes minimum. I'm doing an hour a day, like broken up over morning and night. Fuck. Journaling like a beast. I'll do the mirror work now. <coughs> and that's been an interesting mm. evolution over the three months now. Yeah, I've seen you post on it, finally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it, you start off going, you know, and I say to myself, I just over and over again, I say, I love you. I love you. And I look in my eyes. And yeah. it's so hard to do at first. And even sometimes you go, I love you. And you, in your head, you're like, do you? <laughs> you know, you're questioning your, the yeah. words coming out. Yeah. But more, the more and more you do it, and it's interesting sometimes the things that come up, like, yeah, you just gotta do it yourself, guys. Um, so, yeah, doing that, 
doing like so I've made a point like I'll read minimum 30 minutes a day just stuff that I want to read nothing in particular yeah um, no TV so I haven't watched any TV how since good is no TV yeah um, no more gaming because I've got pretty heavy into gaming over COVID I haven't touched it since I literally pulled out the wall put it in the cupboard yeah. gone um, I would occasionally touch porn like yeah. I wasn't I was way better than I was back in the day yeah of course but I was still had my moments where I, you know yeah yeah um, but nothing since nothing so three months and it's not even like there's no faltering it's not like mm. my phone even gets opened anymore to do that it's like not even an it's option. not even a thing anymore it's not yeah. even an option anymore um, and that yeah so that what else is there well, I'm doing so many things I need more hours in the day to be <laughs> honest I started here at the gym at Redesign hey. which is the place to be the kingdom the kingdom it is literally the place to be um, so that's been really good to cement into my routine now Mm. And I'm doing and do the gym at work too now to obviously keep that going while I'm up there. Yep. Um, but yeah, it's been a daily habit for sure. Yeah. And what would you say that that's done for you? Like thinking about say like in the twelve months before Invictus to the three months that you've experienced recently, like what's what's changed with you? Um. I know who I am now, to some degree. Yeah, like I know, cool. I know we'll, just, uh, we'll just hit end there. That's there. It. Yeah. I know who I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just know who I am. And, I, and there's still work to be done, and I said this to you, but it's, it's at a point where like, I walk around differently now. I walk around more confident. Yeah, you do. I'll engage more now with people. Uh, like, I think I said it in Victor's, I want to surround myself with people that are doing same thing or better mm. to you know what did I say how I want to surround myself with powerful men that's right yeah which yeah. I feel like I've done <laughs> yeah definitely yeah absolutely um yeah so it's just I, I stopped going into the victim story in victim mindset a lot too I was mm. a lot oh poor me I'm a single dad poor me I do all the work myself. Like it's a lot of there's a lot of poor me stuff going on. Yeah. Um, and that has stopped. The mindset is unreal. Like yeah. I have my bad days now, that still. But of course. I think I said to you the other day, like I know how to get over it way quicker. Mm. Like just keep doing those daily habits. Yeah. Even when you don't want to do it, you do it. Even if it's ten thirty night. Shit! Shit! I didn't do that. Ah, but tomorrow. No. Get yeah. up. Stare yourself in the mirror. Yes. <laughs> legit. Yeah. See, that's like. That's been one of the biggest things I feel is most common about the blokes that come to Invictus. It's like, if you say you're gonna do it, I don't give a fuck if it's five minutes before midnight and you yeah. haven't done your meditation, get it done. Do it, yeah. even if you half the time. You yes, do just do it. Yeah, like you, you just feel so much better for it. Yeah. Not just from actually doing the thing, like doing the mirror work, doing the meditation, doing the journaling, like whatever. Yeah. It's creating that consistency within yourself as well and like keeping the discipline going like the mirror stuff every morning it's like some mornings you might wake up you might be a little bit tired maybe you didn't eat enough the day before maybe you've been dehydrated like yeah. maybe you spent the whole day with the kids just like 
depleting your energy with them and you didn't get to prioritize yourself and all these other factors that life just you know kind of spits out at you mm-hmm. it's so easy to just go ah oh, missing one day won't hurt yeah or no one's gonna know like you said like oh no one knows that i do this so you know i could just skip it yeah. it'll be fine like those are the fucking days that count the most yeah. like yeah. getting up in the morning and getting in the fucking pool every day yeah, there are yeah. like on Saturday when I ran Revitalize, Revitalize started at six a.m. and I was like, "Huh, <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to be up at four thirty and in the pool before five. Yeah, shit. <laughs> and it's like, just get it done. Like, it was pitch black outside. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm not gonna be able to record it because like part of my thing that I gave myself was like I'll put it on my story every day. Like it's part of my accountability. Yeah, I'm like, How am I? I'm like, turn the flash on. Like it'll be fine. Like, Oh, you can't really I won't record it no one's gonna care and I was like wait I'll fucking care yeah if I miss it I will hate myself the doubt will come back all the fucking stories will just yeah. come flooding let yourself in. down yeah let yourself down that's the worst part about telling yeah because it doesn't matter if other people what they think it's whether you, you know you let yourself down yeah and that's what I used to constantly do is let myself down yeah and yeah it makes all the difference You listened to the episode with Taylor, didn't you? Yeah. Did you hear the question I asked him at the end? Uh, remind me, I can't remember. Oh, good, yeah, yeah good, good, good. Because I was like, oh, you said you listened to the episode, and I was like, I, I changed the question. So yeah. at the end of every guest episode, previous to the name change, I would ask, you know, what's something that people might not know about you? Yeah. And I changed it to, if you could have dinner with anybody dead or alive, who would you have? Oh, that's right. Yeah, who would you have dinner with and why? Oh, dang. Um... Yeah, <laughs> no way. What's the fun in that? I want the raw. Uh, I want the raw reaction. You want the raw reaction? <laughs> <laughs> dead or alive? Yep, dead or alive. Uh, Can be like you know fictional character as well if you. If yeah. That, that tickles your fancy. Uh, I don't really. I'm thinking like a sportsman maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. Who comes to mind? Jurgen Klinsmann for some reason. Who is that? He's a German soccer player. Back Interesting. In the 90s. I don't know why he comes to mind. Obviously, it's because I used to watch soccer a lot. Mm. Um, back then in the days. Yeah, I guess him. Yeah, cool. Was he? Yeah, what position did he play? Uh, he was a striker. Yeah, nice. he was pro for like he was you know twenty years or something. He was up there. Me just making time. me making a mental note of that to Google him as yeah, soon as we finish yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. Co- I think he's coaching now. Yeah. yeah, Sick. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love that. Cool. If there was any piece of advice you could give to the, the men that are listening to this, any piece of advice whatsoever, what piece of advice would that be? Start your daily habits, even if it's one thing. Change one thing in your daily routine. If it's meditation, or if it's just sitting and staring at the wall, or... Don't do porn for a week. Mm. Take little baby steps. Doesn't have to be six months in one hit. It could be three days. Okay. You go fuck yeah for three days, and then you know you fall over like you get up again. Or yeah, just the daily habits. That's where it all yeah. starts. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much for jumping on there, mate. Thank really you. appreciate it. It's been good. Yeah, uh, it's been awesome. really good. 
Pop, pop my podcast cherry. Is this your first one ever? Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah you'll have to start your own. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, we'll see. Maybe. Yeah. But anyway, guys, uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Jan is actually going to start a chanting group. And the reason I mention this is because I'm going to, I'm keeping him fucking accountable. I've been at him for so long because he said that he's going to start this and it's coming in 2023. So uh, if you're interested in that, it's going to be the Adelaide Hills. Yeah, it'll be starting in 2023, probably early 2023, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so jump over to his socials. Uh, I'll chuck it in the show notes below so you can jump on that. If you're interested, keep an eye out for it. I think it's going to be fucking incredible. I've already told Jan that as soon as he announced that I'm going to be there with bells on. Well, probably not bells on, but don't want to wear any other instruments because <laughs> I want to make sure my throat chakra is nice and open and clear for the chanting. <laughs> yeah, jump over his socials uh, and then, yeah, keep an eye out for that when he announces it. And, I mean, I think that everyone should come to it because I think chanting's fucking sick. And yeah, it's going to be awesome, man. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much for tuning in, guys, and I'll speak to you next time. Peace out.